Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're welcoming Chris Taylor onto the podcast, a recording engineer and owner of Liverpool's Par Street Recording Studios, which is home to the first two Coldplay albums, Paolo Nettini's debut, and music from the likes of The Coral, Rihanna, and many, many more. And Chris has recently been nominated for two MPG Awards for Breakthrough Producer of the Year and Recording Engineer of the Year. So welcome along, Chris. How are you today? Yeah, really good, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And where are you today? So I'm currently at home, um, although I'm about to jump on the train and come down to London to record some strings for a project that I'm working on. I'm actually working on a new album with The Coral, and we're just at the point of adding strings to that record, which is probably my favourite sort of session. Oh, fantastic. And you've worked with The Coral um, before, haven't you? Yeah, I've worked on the last couple of albums, uh, notably the, the last record, which was Coral Island, which was sort of a, a double album concept album um, about a sort of the, the, the sort of bygone era of those magical mystical seaside resorts and so it was it was really lovely to work on kind of almost a concept album with them um, and it seems to be really well received we, we can't believe how well people have kind of taken to that record oh really why do you think um you can't believe that just because they've been around for a while people's attention spans are a bit um crap maybe I, no I don't think it's any of those I, I think me and James the, the lead singer kind of set out to, to make a record that we really liked um and we didn't really set out to do anything more than that and somehow it, it seems to have caught people's imagination and in, in a way that we were really expecting we were making art because we like making the art not because we kind of had a uh, a preconceived notion of trying to get it on the radio or something you know which was a lovely position to be in and it was a really great record to make um but I think we were just taken aback a little bit by the fact we were you know number one in the independent charts and seem to be getting played all over the place and everybody keeps coming at us with rave reviews, which is really lovely because we, we you know, we, we, we didn't, we didn't set out to do anything more than amuse ourselves almost, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, okay. So we definitely must discuss your double nominations for the MPGs. So breakthrough producer of the year and recording and you that is phenomenal by the way. So congratulations. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Where, where did you find out? Uh, where were you when you found out you got nominated and were you surprised I... that you got two? I was blown away by the fact that I got two. I, was, I wasn't expecting to be nominated at all, particularly, but uh, really honoured and really, really privileged. Um, I've been working as a recording engineer for quite a long time, so to get the nod for Recording Engineer of the Year is, is, is really special. Um, it's been a good couple of years up at Par Street. We seem to have churned out a bunch of number one albums, which is, has been great and loads of fun to work on. Um, and so it's, I suppose it's nice to get that nod. And certainly my career is moving a little bit at the moment. I've, I've, I've very much been the guy in house that fixes things and the guy in house that was the engineer. And I'm, I'm starting to get more and more kind of requests to produce records these days and be more at the helm of kind of the arrangement and production side of things. So it's, it was, it was, a, yeah, you know, like you say, a double honour. It's really lovely to be nominated for both things. Fantastic. And do you know which projects um, in particular you got nominated for, for each of those nominations? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, a lot of the work I do is kind of in the indie world. So I've certainly just done records with Coral, we just mentioned, um, Latham's, uh, a band Red Rum Club who I've been championing for quite a while. Uh, I've been working on the Blossoms record. So probably all of those things, really. Okay, fantastic. Um, so it'd be great to actually be at the MPG Awards. Obviously, it has not been on for obvious reasons the last few years. So um, are you excited to be there? Yeah, I can't wait. Um It'll be really lovely. And actually, they've asked me to do something really, really sweet. So 
last year, Par Street, which is the studio that I've I've owned and run for the last 12 years now, um, won Studio of the Year, which was fantastic and, and a really lovely statement for us. Mm. Um, but obviously we couldn't be there to receive the award. And so this year they've asked us to present the award to whoever wins Studio of the Year this year. So I'm actually there for three reasons, which is really great. And I can't wait to see everybody and catch up with all the other the studio engineers and teams that are going to be there oh that's such a nice nod then to get you to pass that on to whoever wins this year isn't it really really sweet of them to ask me to do it i was delighted to say yes brilliant and on to par street so i'd love to ask you about this obviously i know there's been a petition to save the building for anyone listening doesn't know it was uh planning to be demolished to make way for apartments and hotels so what is the status there what's been going on with that the status is is that our our landlord has decided to sell Property developer has offered more money than I can raise a mortgage for. It, it becomes simple numbers, unfortunately. And so we have bought two warehouses, uh, six and a half thousand square foot of space on the other side of the city centre. And we're currently in the process of moving all of our personnel and equipment over. But we're hoping to be up and running for September this year. So does this mean you're essentially moving Par Street Studios? It will be the same for all intents and purposes, but just in this other location? Same team, same gear, same equipment, um, same ethos. Uh, We hope a lot of the same client base. Um, Well, (laughs) I suppose the proof of that will be in the pudding. But um, but yeah, we're, we're moving our entire operation. The good news for our future is that we've managed to buy these two buildings. And so whereas in the past we'd rented from a landlord, we now won't have that problem. Um, so we, we we have complete ownership of the of the actual buildings themselves. And we've we've currently got a fantastic company for from Shrewsbury called Studio People, who are doing all our design and build work, and they've they've already started. So we are well on our way to a brand new pastry studios. Oh well, that is absolutely fantastic. I can only imagine how stressful this has been over the last few years, all this going on. So what amazing news. Um and when did you say it should be open? When are you planning? Should be open for September this year. September, that's not that far. Oh, okay, it's that's that brilliant. It's really not that far. It's really exciting at the moment. The building site's starting to come together and I was on site this morning and it's it's starting to really feel like a, a space. And it's quite a it's quite an adventurous space. So it's going to be seven studios. Um, so quite a complex, all sort of centred around a, a kitchen. Because the thing we found about Par Street was it was always the kitchen where people met and met each other and, and, and kind of got to know each other. And the, there was this really lovely kind of thing about our kitchen spaces where, you know, people would wander in and borrow a set of guitar strings from another band or borrow a Moog or borrow a polysynth or whatever it was. And, and so there's, there's something really that we're, we're trying to keep with the new space, which would be that kind of central hub, that central space where you're working on a record but you want to breathe you can step out and there's 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 a bunch of other musicians and like-minded individuals who are also cracking on and making making records and making making things happen but it also means there'll be a great big complex full of other um instruments to borrow all that kind of thing so we're we're really excited we're 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 really really excited it's going to be quite quite the thing when we get up and running Okay, fantastic. I can only imagine. Are you going to try and mirror it, you know, cavern club style or just work with what, you know, the space you've got in this new place? So we've had lots of really big conversations about how we like to make records. Um, and we've realised that we like a really big control room. So we're building a 50 square metre control room, which in the current climate is unheard of. Um, but we like 
the ethos of the team that's still together, me, James, Rich, um, we really love to have a band in room with you and have those conversations about music and then go and record bits, but come back and everybody kind of is involved and engaged in the recording process. And so we're going to build a studio that mirrors the sort of past street size of control room. Um, live room will be a different size and or shape. We're limited by the building that we've bought a little bit there um, compared with perhaps where we were before, but it, it'll still be of a good size. So uh, yeah, we're really excited. Only imagine. Oh, well, really pleased for you. Um, is there anything else that's going to be different or that you'd like to kind of get out there about the new location? Um, we're, we're just as close to Lime Street Station, so we're still banging the city centre. We're right off the motorway, so we've actually found a really great location we're really happy with. Um, in terms of new facilities, we are building a Dolby Atmos mix room. It's the hot topic. I'm sure it would be the hot topic at the MPG Awards as well. Um, Universal Music have decided that a deliverable now needs to be in Atmos and so we need to be able to deliver Atmos mixes. It's certainly something we couldn't do in the old studio and so we're going to push forward and make sure that technology is available in the new space. We bought some ATC loudspeakers to put in there so it should be really good. Okay, good. It's, oh, I suppose, the best out of a bad situation. It's given you this chance to upgrade to the immersive format so always uh, look on the bright side of life, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're super stoked to, to be able to kind of push forward with this as a new venture really mm, fantastic and obviously Liverpool is such a big music city everyone knows you're going back to the cavern the Beatles the big three to the Zootons the Coral so why is it so important to keep the studio open in its new location and preserve this you know piece of music history all the iconic records that have been there like you said well I mean firstly it's the history and just the sort of the records that have got made there in the past i think it's i think it's important to recognize that but actually do you know what we're really busy we're making loads of really fabulous records with fabulous artists liverpool's a great spot to be in at the moment the city's really vibrant there's loads of things to go and see and do we seem to be able to attract a a wealth of talent from across the world my client base is rihanna and drake and bieber as well as the coral and the zootons and the more local acts so we're we intend on staying there um and we're not moving particularly because we wanted to. We, we, we're moving because our landlord is selling the building and it, it becomes as simple as that. We, our business is, isn't really, hasn't really suffered. We've, we've been really, really lucky. Certainly once we got through the first kind of lockdowns, we were able to open and remain open. And we've been probably the busiest we've ever been because none of our friends have been able to go out on the road and do shows. So they've all wanted to come in the studio and record and make new records. So it's, it's one of those where we, there's no, there's no question about carrying on. We're more than happy to be carrying on. Um, we just, uh, we just need new premises to do that. In. Fantastic. And is it, are you at the stage yet where you can sort of start booking in artists and bands or is it too soon without it actually being built and finished? I've taken some bookings for November and the end of October um it's one of those where there's a there's a build team on site i've got eight builders on site today they're telling me it should be done by september i'm trying to give myself a bit of leeway we'll, we'll see it's, <laughs> it's a really exciting project who's building a recording studio right now well yeah exactly and one of this size as well yeah yeah completely absolutely phenomenal i'm really happy for you and um i know loads of iconic records have been played there uh, is have you got a particular favorite or favorite memory of um, obviously the existing Park Street Studios of a time when you were working on something and it was, you know, a really special moment? Um, the, the, the standout one for me is always, we, we did a, we did a, 
a cover of He Ain't Heavy for the Justice for the 96 Collective, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a record that was kind of important to do for Liverpool for lots of reasons. Um, but it helped raise some money, which obviously then led to the appeals process that, that those people went through. Um, but I'll never forget the moment that Vasily Prochenkov, who was the principal conductor of the Phil, turned up at one, you know, to to, con- to conduct some strings. And I've been sat next to Guy Chambers and we've been recording some strings and they were okay. And, and Vasily turned up and just the, the the temperature in the room just went up a notch and everybody stiffened up and straightened up and looked like they knew what they were doing suddenly. And I never forget recording the strings on that particular record. It was just such a moment. There were maybe 30 or 50 local dignitaries and councillors in the control room and there wasn't a dry eye in the in the room you know it was such a kind of important moment for so many reasons so I don't know it's 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 memories like that that you just I don't think you'll ever that you'll ever forget um but yeah plenty of them lots and lots of them over the last yeah I can imagine I've got goosebumps you talking about that obviously the hill for disaster was absolutely horrific um yeah so nice amazing to be able to do something and give something back and Mm. give our time and our facility to to kind of help them out in some some sort of way yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what was the first thing you worked on at Park Street Studios? Can you remember? Uh, I don't know that I can. I loved the dramatic thing. pause there. No, no, I think <laughs> the, first, the, the first thing I was involved in is um, a friend of mine, Ben Hillier, was making an elbow record, which would have been the one with a blue front asleep in the back. Okay. And I was still, I was still at uni at the time. And um, I remember, I remember coming in almost on work experience and making the tea for him. So that would have been my, my early memory possibly, but that would have been going all the way back to maybe 2000. Okay. Wow. Going back a bit then. What about... Um... Yeah, go, go, go back a long, a long, a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you involved? I know I saw Coldplay uh, recorded Yellow, obviously huge, huge um, track there. Was that... Were you involved in that one? Were you there at that time? No, b- before my before time. Before your time, Ken, yeah. Ken Nelson, who produced those records, has become a very close friend of mine. So um, I've spoken at length with him about that. And, you know, that band just blossomed in the studio. It was great to see um, and amazing to see them kind of develop into the international stars that they are now really yeah of course and well i forgot to ask you which bands sort of came out in support of past street studios when this whole petition thing was going through when it was under threat um because i know you've obviously got some very loyal well bands and artists that have played there over the year or recorded there over the year sorry uh, i i just think i think everybody that's been through over the last 30 years kind of came out and they were just a little bit horrified that liverpool could consider calling itself a capital for culture but be willing to live give up this kind of space mm. um so it's it's really great that we can announce that we're carrying on and that we're more like we're moving location but we're still going to build a great big studio and take all the the person the important thing for me is the personnel we're moving all the people that have been making records in there for the last 10 years and we're moving them into a new space and it's that for me is the real key thing um and then moving all the equipment and all the instruments as well means that we're confident the legacy will kind of continue fantastic and i'm guessing you're not allowed to say um the artists or acts that are booked in for november yet okay excellent what about blossoms i know you've been working with them for a while and recently so what have you been working with them so they're nothing new at the moment because obviously album four came out a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's out and they're kind of in in the gigging cycle for that 
Uh, I know they're playing Glastonbury. I'm going down to look after them down there in Glastonbury this this summer. But um, yeah, just a few live shows while they're out and supporting that record. But we, we haven't even had a conversation about album five yet. Okay, nice. And how going back a little bit, how did you come to own Par Street? Where did this? Um, when when did this happen? Um, so Par Street's got a long a long history. Obviously, it's been there a while, and in about. 2006 it was under threat actually from a property developer who was going to turn it into flats which ironically is what's going to happen now um and they a kind of business conglomerate was bought sort of formed to build to, to buy the building and they succeeded in buying the building and then effectively subdivided it and let off each of the spaces and it worked okay for a little while, but it wasn't great. And past it had a bit of a dip, really, in its fortunes. And I was running a different studio in, on the other side of Liverpool sort of centre. And I got a phone call in 2009, beginning of 2010, to see if I'd be interested in just coming along and having a conversation, seeing if I could help them out. Um, and so I, I came along and got involved and very quickly realised that I could make it work but it would need to be on my terms and with my business rather than the kind of current model that they had. And so in 2010, I took over the leaseholds for the recording studios. Fantastic. And um, what was your route into the music production engineering world when you first started out? You mentioned earlier you were at school still during something that was going on in the music industry. So how did you get in your foot in the door there? I I studied at Lipper, which is actually in Liverpool, the Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts, and I did a degree in music technology. Um, it was good; it gave me a really good grounding. Uh, I've got a lot of time for the guys up there. I, I think I think what they teach is really great. The, the problem is, is that just because you do a degree in something doesn't mean that you you make great art or that you really know what great art is. Um, and so I left Lipper, and I ended up the only job I could get was as the in-house engineer at the Cavern Club. And so I ended up mixing four bands a night, five nights of a week, um, doing live sound. And it, it wasn't really what I intended on doing, but it was literally the only job I could get. I don't think, I don't think there were many jobs within the recording industry that you, you can kind of easily apply for. I think it's a bit of a fallacy when people say that there are, you know, like, oh, I'll just apply for a job and get it. It doesn't really work like that in the recording industry, I don't think, because what you want is you want people to make art with you. And I think um, it takes a while to build people's confidence. So I was really fortunate in that I got a job doing live sound and I got to know all the Liverpool bands that way. And then eventually convinced some of them that I might like to record some of them and not get paid a huge amount of money, but at least be doing the thing that I wanted to be doing. Mm. Uh, and then after a while, began getting a reputation of being able to record some bands and then got myself a little production space where I'd take a band to record or we might record in the cavern and I might mix it there. You know, I started kind of just building a bit of a client base. And I think that's the the secret to any longevity within the recording industry is to build a client base is to build a series of recommendations and so after a period of time we moved my little production room into a slightly bigger space I moved into like a community center where I had two rooms so I could record things and um and it grew and it grew but it, but it was a lot of a lot of hard work and I always put my kind of 
my journey has always been about getting to know those local bands, getting the trust by mixing them live and then being allowed to occasionally record a few of them in the studio, you know, and it, I kind of, I grew into it that way. Um, and then five years later, by the time I'd kind of recorded loads of them and people started asking me to make art. Do you know what I mean? The, the conversation shifted a little bit. Mm. So, and so it stopped being about me going, oh, well, I'll record you. I can help you. It started being about, well, can you help us make a piece of art? And, and, and I always think that's the way the conversation kind of changed. And had it always, did it always go on to be at Pastry that you had a mixture of the local artists from Liverpool and international, um, you know, bigger artists? Yeah, and I mean, I, and, and that was it. When I started at Pastry, it was mostly it was mostly local artists that I was kind of bringing in. And then as I took it over, it, those recommendations started getting, you know, the, the reality is, is that all of the recording music industry that certainly that I'm aware of, it's all word of mouth. You, you can't put an advert in a, in a, in a newspaper and expect Nicki Minaj to turn up at your recording studio. That, that isn't how that works. Nicki asks someone she knows and trusts, where have you recorded recently? How was your experience? How did you get on? Oh, okay, maybe I'll go and use that facility. Does that make sense? Mm, absolutely. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a certain element of all you can do is do your best work all the time and hope that the people around you are nice enough to say nice things about you to other people. Um, and I, I always feel like I can join the dots between everybody that I've ever worked with. Um, a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to work on an Ian Brown record. Ian Brown's managed by the same guys that managed the Cortinas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that their management company had a conversation with the lads out of the Coral. And, and I can see how all those recommendations happen, you know, and it's not, it, it's never very linear, but it's always, uh, you can always kind of join the dots. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And so I think my my advice after doing this for quite a while to anyone getting into this industry is if you do your best all the time, then eventually people will say nice things about you and you'll keep getting asked to do more work. But the reality is, is that you can't just ring everything, everything up and go, oh, I'd like to make a record with you. That's just not how it works. They'll come to you. I think they have to come to you. I think that's the only, that's the only way that a band that are any good, they're always going to look at what else you've done. They're always going to want to know what's the last record you've made, for example. Um, so you're, you're only as good as the last stuff you've done and you you have to put your all into everything. Mm. And in your experience, obviously, there's a lot of studios in London that we know and there's Par Street in Liverpool, among some others. What's one of the main reasons that brings, especially larger artists and bigger international acts, out of London and to go somewhere like Liverpool instead to record? I, I think there's a few things. I think... Um, Liverpool's a fantastic, vibrant city. There's so much happening here at the moment. There's so much art, so much culture. There's so many things to do. It's a nice place to be. Um, certainly when the sun's cracking the flags like it is at the moment, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. There's, yeah. there's always stuff going on. There's a really good musical community. I think the musical community here helps massively because people come up to do collaborative projects or collaborative work or interact with the musical community. I think that's a big draw. I think... The crowds at gigs help. I think when people play Liverpool, they always feel like they have a good show in the same way that when people play Glasgow, they feel like they have a good show. I think that really helps. Um, and then in terms of, of us, I always like to think that it's people first and foremost, that people want to make records with people. So it, it's recommendations again. Um, 
and then as long as the facility and the gear is of a good enough standard then I think it's easy to attract talent in Mm, definitely um my dad's from Liverpool I've got family there and I absolutely love going there you're absolutely right it has an energy I think the people are much more friendly and funny um <laughs> than London. Yeah, no, they are, they are. And, and that sounds really daft but I think it's a massive draw and I think it it becomes magnetic I definitely agree it does have an energy you know you walk down the high street you go down uh seeing all the iconic stuff the Cavern Club all the streets on there it just does have a vibe um so I can definitely see that so it's nice to hear this little piece of um recording history at Partry is going to be preserved I, I can't wait to see what happens with that Chris really exciting times for us at the moment like I say we're we're super excited about what's what what we're developing at the moment fantastic I guess I'll see you at the MPG awards then actually seeing someone in person that would be novel yeah it's novel isn't it (laughs) well well, i don't think any of us know how to interact socially anymore so we'll do our best (laughs) headliner radio supporting the creative community